Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. And is your spider sense tingling? No, but my goat sense sure is to listen to this show <laughs> find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts this podcast is brought to you by revenge lover designs illustration and design that fit your personality for samples and inquiries visit revengelover.com and of course we just like to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular patrons Bo, carl eric katie and jason thank you. thank you you didn't see me but i struck a very super heroic pose when i talked about my goat sense goat sense <laughs> if you uh had to either be a a goat themed superhero mm-hmm. or be a frog what would you choose I, or frog also a frog superhero I oh okay say, i was gonna say do yeah, i get that the would superpowers pre- or am i just a frog <laughs> yeah you could you still have but like goat the goat the goat superhero you are mm-hmm. like a human you're still a human just yeah. like a human just like with goat powers but you as a frog you're more powerful and have more powers but you are literally a frog i think i think i'd rather be a frog yeah me too i'm also a weird really. little guy if i get to be a frog as mm-hmm. opposed to just like a horrifying guy mm-hmm. yeah you know? i i fully agree yeah i think I it's a no-brainer answer. it is kind of a no-brainer did you ever, did you ever play chrono trigger no, I have not. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite characters. I need to. <laughs> one of my favorite characters from that game is uh, his name is just Frog, and he is just oh. a guy who was turned into a frog, like a knight who was turned into a frog, and he's fucking cool. Nice. Um, and he has a very cool backstory. As a kid who didn't own Star Fox 64 and therefore wasn't annoyed by the characters of Star, Sox, Star, Star, Star Fox 64. I don't know what this is or where this is going, what this has to do with anything. I'm excited. <laughs> I, I really liked Slippy. I was a fan. <laughs> oh, Slippy a frog? Is that? Yeah. Okay. And I think I don't know usually an annoying was. character, but I, you know, in, in moderation, I thought he was fun. <laughs> cool. I've never, never played a single star. My, my only Star Fox exposure is to either Smash Brothers or like furry art of Star Fox characters. That's it. Yeah. I thought you were going to say furry art of frogs. And I was like, wow, that's a subgenre I have not intersected with. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I've, I've seen, I've seen, yeah, there's yeah. definitely, I mean, some it's all out there for sure. <laughs> I feel like I've seen lots of salamanders, so I've gotten close, but I guess I just haven't searched enough for frogs. Yeah. You got to get to it, man. Yeah. I'm missing out. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah. Weird, weird start to this episode, but this episode's a little, little, little it's a little, it could, little weird. It's a little, it could know. be actually, it could be weirder. Hey, here's a secret. I forgot what this episode was like 30 minutes before we started recording. I was like, what was the one we were talking about today? I feel like I kind of forgot what it was while I was watching it, to be honest. (laughs) This episode is fine. It is perfectly adequate. Absolutely adequate. It could. uh, Yeah, it is a 
outside of the fact that Thor turns into a frog, which is cute and fun, there is really nothing to write home about this episode, yeah. which is kind of a bummer because I feel like Ultimate Spider-Man could do really fun things with Thor, but instead they kind of just opted to just do the first Thor movie again, except Thor also turns into a frog, and that's kind of yeah, it, yeah. Uh, which is a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I, I have grown an appreciation for Thor, uh, but this to me feels like when I didn't have an appreciation for Thor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I was like, it's, yeah, this is Thor. Okay. <laughs> it's so, but it's like the broadest possible Thor right. story. And it's a thing where it's like, if Thor guest starred in like the nineties show, you know, or Thor episode in like amazing friends or something, I can get behind it. If it's like Thor learning yeah. humility and fighting Loki. Cool. Okay. I get it. But like by the time ultimate Spider-Man rolls around, there's already an Avengers show that's coming on before it. There's an Avengers mm-hmm. show that comes down after it. Both of them have Thor. Thor has a movie. He's been in the Avengers. I know that he the Avengers hadn't come out when this episode was being written, but like the Thor movie had, and they knew the Avengers was coming. Like, and the Avengers movie just came out. So even though it's a coincidence, people just watched the Avengers movie. Right. So like, there's <laughs> there's a whole like Thor is a is a even more mainstream character than he was before. And we already have plenty of Thor content that's out there. There's no reason to not diversify it. This mm-hmm. episode just feels like the most throwbacky guest star, another Marvel hero, distill mm-hmm. who they are and their backstory very quickly for people who've never heard of them and give them the most basic ass story. Like, which again would be fine in an older show, but like at this point, they're doing these deeper cuts. They just had Dragon yeah. Man the week yeah. before. Like, there's no reason to not do a weirder Thor story or get like Beta Ray Bill or some shit like in here. Ugh. Like, why? Why is this the most basic? Thor needs to learn humility as right. he fights his trickster brother Loki, who plays tricks. Like, that's all the fucking episode is. Like, yeah. they could have done so much more with this. It what feels like it would be interesting to see like everything within a certain window of time, about like a year or two, right around this time. Anything that wasn't specifically Thor but featured Thor like are they all doing here's your intro to Thor here's Thor 101 episodes <laughs> like mm-hmm. this one you know yeah it almost I mean because I you know I, I I feel like it was uh Chris uh wait wait which Chris Chris Hemsworth that's the mm-hmm. Chris Chris Hemsworth <laughs> which I think Chris? impossible to know <laughs> talked about it I think he's talked about it a lot where it's like he really I think felt a little bit at sea with playing Thor up until, you know, Ragnarok made him a, you know, a goofier character right. and made him more kinetic. Cause I think because it was sort of like, I feel like I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. I'm hot and strong and kind of egotistical and people put me in my place. And like, that's yeah. the whole character. And I talk different than everyone. Right. And, and this feels like it's kind of of a piece with that, this episode where it's just sort of like, there's, there's a rich history of Thor in the comics, but if you don't want to delve too deeply into it and, and only want to have him as a supporting character or don't want to do anything, be, you know, too wacko with it, like mm-hmm. then they just kind of get stuck with like, well, I guess this is the only story that we tell with him. Like he's just handsome and strong and egotistical. And like, that's as far as they go. And it's like, no, you can, you can do so much more though. Like it just, it feels of a piece with the problem the MCU had for years with him, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, not necessarily an inspiring tale. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's cool. Maybe this will be a short episode, short episode of the podcast. We'll see. Who knows? (laughs) We've never delivered on that before. So no, We'll no. see if today's the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to watch this along with us, this episode is, of course, available on Disney Plus along with the rest of the show. We are talking about Ultimate Spider-Man Season 1, Episode 9, entitled Field Trip. 
Is that? Oh, yeah. New York City! Are you ready to rock? Put your hands together for the son of Odin, Avenger, the wielder of lightning, the biggest, baddest super Viking of all time, the mighty Thor! For Asgard! Spidey sense. Thor! Don't touch that! Thor? You're a frog. There is only one in all the nine worlds who could have accomplished such bewitchments. The Wizard of Oz? My evil half-brother, Loki. What we need to do is lose the enchantment around you. I've got it! Ava, kiss the frog. What? You kiss the frog! We are here, the home of the dwarf Eitri, Master Forger. What can a dwarf do for you, my frog prince? The synopsis per IMDb is, while on a field trip, Spider-Man and his superhero friends encounter the mighty Thor, who was transformed into a frog by his mischievous half-brother, Loki. Now the heroes must venture to the magical world of Asgard in order to save the Nine Realms from Loki's wrath. The original air date was May 20th, 2012. It was written by Eugene Sohn, or Son. Actually, I did not look up how to pronounce that. It's either Son or Sohn, and Man of Action. Uh, we know Man of Action, of course, very well, but Eugene uh, Sohn, we actually talked about him before on our episode 131 huh. as the writer of Lego Spider-Man Vexed by Venom. Oh. Yeah, and I guess didn't know how to pronounce his name back then either. Um <laughs> But yeah, he, so he wrote the Lego special uh, that that we liked a lot. It was really fun. Um, and he you know, primarily writes on on the usual kids shows that we've seen before, especially with writers on this show, like the other Disney Marvel tunes. He's written on Ben 10s um, after we covered uh, that Lego special. Uh, more recently, he has written on the Blade Runner Black Lotus animated oh, series. I, I did I even know that? I existed? didn't know that existed. So I guess it probably was just like thrown onto like Netflix or something and then disappeared probably. without any fanfare. Um, but yeah, there was a Blade Runner animated series, everybody. Fascinating. Very fascinating, yeah. Uh, but he's also written on the much more popular legend of Vox Machina. Oh, and... that's going to come up a lot today. Oh, okay. I haven't looked at <laughs> your notes, so cool. That's interesting. Um, he also wrote one segment of the Spidey and His Amazing Friends show. Oh. Well. Yeah. Someday we're going to talk about that. I just don't know when cool. or how. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about it somehow. Yeah, yeah. And this episode was directed by Alex Soto, like many episodes of this show. Yeah, no surprise there. <laughs> so we get Thor and Loki, and both of the actors uh, for these two characters are critical role folks, I think, or in some way related to it. So the first one, uh, Thor, is voiced by Travis Willingham. We have talked about him before, specifically for voicing Thor in our episode 20 when we talked about Marvel Disc Wars, The Avengers. Remember God, that, Derek? That was so... I didn't realize that was episode... I didn't realize how early that was. That episode, was episode 20. 20. We're at episode 181. 160 episodes ago, we talked about an obscure anime that featured Spider-Man for like three episodes. He's in it. He's, I think I was looking into it. He actually was in it way more than I think we thought oh, okay. he was. Gotcha. We need to revisit that show somehow. I would love to. Watch more of it, yeah. We got to bring somebody else in just to see like Absolutely. their impression. Anyway. Absolutely, yeah. 
Well, that's when we first talked about him. And we did talk about him again in our episode 36 when we talked about Phineas and Ferb, Mission Marvel, again as Thor. Uh, but this is the first time we're actually talking about him in a Spider-Man proper series. Um, he was the English voice of Roy Mustang in both Full Metal Alchemist iterations. He's a cast member on all seasons of Critical Role uh, and the animated Critical Role adaptation The Legend of Vox Machina. And he voiced Kingpin in Insomniac's Spider-Man Miles Morales, which I didn't know until I looked that up today. <laughs> Wait, so he wasn't Kingpin in the first game? I mean, he might have been. I just, uh, <laughs> I associate him with that first, uh, or not with that first fight. I guess I am thinking of the Spider-Man yeah. fight. Whatever, he's he's Kingpin in the Insomniac series. <laughs> yeah. I got Miles, I Ma- Miles Morales on the brain. I didn't remember Kingpin even being in the Miles Morales game. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Oh, you know what? I do. No, he was, but he was a bigger part of the first one. I'm now, it's all clicking into place now. I don't know that Miles ever actually fights him in that game, but he is a big part of like, um, he he is there and he does get voice. There is voice acting for him. Okay. I don't know how to describe it without getting too into it. (laughs) I got to replay that real bad, but he is in it. Um, and then Loki is voiced by Troy Baker. We've also talked about him before. Uh, we talked about him first in our episode 87 because he voiced Craven the Hunter in the 2017 series, which was two years ago. We started covering 2017 over two years ago. What in the world? What is time? <laughs> God. And it's also confusing because it's like two years ago, you're looking at the number 2017 referring to the series. That's not when we covered it. That's when that's like our name for the series. Right. That makes it even more confusing to think like, was 2017 two years ago? Oh, no, thank God. That was longer ago. But wait, what was two years ago when we covered the 2017 show? That's still a long time ago. Well, I mean, when I see 2021, I don't I I don't think two years ago. No, not at all. Two years ago. Episode 87, that's almost 100 episodes ago. I know. It's wild. It's wild. Anyway, Troy Baker, everyone, uh, he's done a ton of stuff. He's the voice of Joel in The Last of Us video games. Uh, He's Booker in Bioshock Infinite. He provides the English voices for Jin Kiria and Bleach and Greed in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Uh, He's done a ton of voice work in Western animation like Young Justice and multiple Avengers series. Um, And he, too, voiced an antagonist uh, in the Insomniac Spider-Man series. He was Simon Krieger. Uh, the head of R&D at Roxxon. And I believe uh, he also voiced a character in The Legend of Vox Machina. So Makes sense. Lots of Critical Role and, and Vox Machina people involved in this episode. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I guess we can just dive in, eh? Yeah, let's do it. So this episode opens with a field trip and Peter reflecting on how field trips suck for him and always seem to go wrong, uh, which at first I was like, yeah, I guess. And then they show him getting bit by the spider. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, yeah. Is, that, that was a field trip, wasn't it? I kind of didn't connect that dot <laughs> until they made the, the the actual deliberate joke about him, yeah. too, which is funny. So actually cleverer than I realized at first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also funny the way they... they show you know it's all stylized and like kind of chibi not mm-hmm. it's not it's not the chibi thing it's like just little cutesy you know cutesy yeah. style whatever it's cuter more stylized before. but but it's funny the way that they draw peter when he's getting picked by the spider is like he like looks even more kid like than normal and he has like braces <laughs> and along with his glasses and everything they like yeah like like nerdified him even more pre-spider-man mm-hmm. which is kind of funny <laughs> um and that also gets the the goat the goat man joke. It's oh like, God. well, what if that goat that bit me had superpowers and then you get goat man? Horrifying. <laughs> Horrifying. <laughs> There's got to be some sort of goat themed hero somewhere across the several bazillion. Yeah comic book titles right and it seems like uh there's definitely probably like villains who are goat themed it's yeah i, I imagine sort of like I could, satan-y demon 
creatures. Yeah. But I could also see like one of like the weirder, you know, weirder X Men um, with like a shitty superpower. Oh yeah, yeah, a yeah. Goat, a goat person. Yeah. Or there was probably some bestial in the Thor comics that was a goat. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Sir Ram is pretty close to being a goat. I guess that's technically a goat, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I think right. it's a type of it's a ty- Rams are types of Damn. goats, I think, right? We've already talked about goats. Shoot. Yeah, there you go. There's your goat man. <laughs> and he sucks. <laughs> and he sucks. Yep. Well, right on cue, Danny, who, by the way, studied ancient text in Kunlun, of course, reads aloud the text on an ancient Nordic runestone and seemingly summons or maybe just simply foresees immediately before it happens the arrival of a frost giant. What is your interpretation? I like the summoning thing because it, it's like very evil dead. Like, oh, we yeah. just decided to just read these like scary, mystical, uh, mystical, scary, mystical language um, out loud. And yeah. nothing. why would anything bad happen? Oh, of course, something bad happens immediately. I like that idea. Yeah. I also just like the idea of Iron Fist kind of like accidentally fucking up big time because I just feel like he and Luke Cage haven't gotten to do a whole lot. No. And Iron Fist in particular, I I appreciate him. And when they use him well, I think it, it lands very well. Um, but he is kind of like almost flawless to this point. <laughs> so Yeah, it's like a sim- I mean, it's it's a weirdly it's like a similar problem to white tiger originally, but for different reasons, like hers wasn't that she was flawless necessarily. It was that she was just like super capable and couldn't have fun. Um, right. And so, and, and then therefore also could never make mistakes because she had to be super capable, but they at least like made that a characterization for her that she was super capable. And like to their credit, you know, the more episodes that have happened, the more they've given her to do, they've at least given her yeah. some focus. Iron fist is like flawless in a different way where it's just like, He's just a very good guy and um, he's pretty quiet. And so he doesn't really have a lot of opportunities to say or do dumb things. And he's just pretty chill. Yeah, It's, it's, <laughs> it's becoming kind of an odd choice. I feel like the more we talk about this show, because like, it almost feels like they can't use iron fist because he's so powerful. Like Nova, they at least get to be like, well, he's an idiot and he's stupid and he's young and he's, he's, you know, rash. And annoying. And annoying. So him. even though he's <laughs> even though he's like super powerful, he's gonna fuck it up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Iron Fist, they can't really do that. So he's just sort of like there and like really good at stuff. <laughs> yeah. I thought that this episode was going to be more centered on him because he like accidentally seems to accidentally cause this at the get go. That'd be nice. Um, and I was like, are we gonna get an Iron Fist focus? Because I mean, so far there have been like Nova and White Tiger centric episodes where they sort of have to team up or face off against Spider-Man. And we really haven't gotten that for Iron Fist or Luke Cage yet. Right. Um, and I have to imagine that they'll come. So I was kind of expecting that. But then it's sort of like, like I thought he would feel guilt about it or something like that. Um, and it kind of, I mean, he gets as much to do as everyone else on the team does at, at, by the end of it. That's really Yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's not much. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway... There's a frost giant in the museum now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So 
the shield team just jumps into action, uh, but they get their asses handed to them immediately because it is a frost giant and they're just a bunch of teenagers with powers. Um, so Thor arrives to fight the frost giant because it's one of his villains, of course, and he just tells them to step aside and handles it. The group takes offense to like being dismissed like that. Like, dude, we are also costume superheroes, though. We, we can all work together to do this. But then they get even more upset when they learn that Thor was actually contacted by Coulson, who, you know, he's their principal. So he was there on the field trip watching all of this. Coulson just contacted Thor and like dispatch to, uh, to, to dispatch Thor. So it's like, they're literally the shield team. Why aren't they letting the shield team deal with it? Why do they immediately call in reinforcements? Like understandable to take offense to that situation. Especially cause he like turns to them and he's like, all right, everybody you're up. Yeah. Like he basically just dispatched them to like, I guess uh, like, I don't know, fill time until Thor got there, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that basically is what it was. Yeah. Like he just, like the offense, I think is more just that he automatically assumed that they wouldn't be able to handle it and didn't even give them yeah, a chance. Yeah, for sure. To, which I understand why, because they aren't a team that works together particularly well. And this is Thor's villain. So why not call in Thor to deal with it? But like, I understand why you would take offense to that. It's for like, sure. Come on. We you really literally think we can't do anything. Like, come on. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, they, as they always do <laughs> all the time, they start to argue amongst themselves over this whole annoying situation. Uh, and while they're doing that, Thor investigates the frost giant and finds this amulet. And the amulet sets off Spider-Man's spider sense, which I, I like that detail that like spider, yeah. like that his spider sense is telling him that like this mystical magical amulet do not touch, please. Absolutely. Um, and Thor's like, shut up. Leave me alone. And <laughs> touches it anyway and guess all what all the while calling them like children and younglings and little ones he calls them younglings he's such a dick <laughs> yeah um but you know he turns into a frog of course that's yeah that's of course that's gonna happen when you touch a magical amulet that's what happened to me last time i touched a magical amulet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've all been there we've all been there we've all been no. there Okay, what's interesting to me about this, and I don't know if this happens, like if this is pulling from somewhere directly, but like Frog Thor is its own character, right? Like isn't Frog Thor part of Spider-Ham's universe? Oh, ye- yeah. But I, th- so I just think it's like also, interesting. Hasn't Thor also <laughs> turned into a frog before though? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. I just, um, I feel like they've interacted before. <laughs> I'm going to look up Thor spider ham because I feel like I mean, I I know no. for sure that that Thor, the Thor frog for sure has shown up in the Steve Fox, Shadia Amin uh, spider ham books like for sure. OK, Th- Thor frog is a different person in like 616, a dude named Simon what? Walterson that was oh, turned okay. into a frog. OK, so um, different, different characters. Yeah, it's not existing it's not concurrently. But there was a different one, yeah. But this was a Marvel six one six guy, I think. Well, who's the Thor in Spider Ham? Then I'm gonna look that up too. Yeah, I'm Thor? curious. Thor, I cannot. I cut my finger earlier, so my <gasps> phone is out because uh, I've got a bandaid on it. Oh no! <laughs> so you trouble, can't. You only have one touch phone capable thumb. Yeah, so I have to like <laughs> redo how my fingers are right now. Busy a dog? Is that what I'm looking at? Let me see. Like, Thor's this. a dog. Um, did i just lie on your name steve fox and shoddy i mean i swear y'all had a frog in yours a frog thor i'm seeing many things actually oh boy okay so 
I think well, it there are might many depend, <laughs> It might depend on the version of Spider Ham you're reading in the universe because. I mean, there's like Pet Avenger, the Pet Avengers that are led by Spider-Ham and the car- cartoon is Thor Frog. There's also a sound, a, sp- a mighty Thor dog from the Spider-Ham universe. Oh, God, we'll have to figure this out. Um, there's so many. Not now. Not now. Not <laughs> this now. is not the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> yes. Thor quickly decides and it turns out he's correct that he has been tricked by his half-brother loki the god of mischief who could have seen it coming (laughs) yeah yeah here's the thing though due to him being a frog thor reluctantly agrees to allow the shield team to join him in his attempt to stop loki from taking over the nine worlds uh because he doesn't know when he will stop being a frog (laughs) or if he will stop being a frog I really like the uh, like kind of really artsy retelling of the Thor like Odin Loki backstory that's like sort of told yeah as like kind of like you know almost as if it's like art on a, a it's, actual like two D art on a piece yeah, of like old what go ahead I I don't it's like a thought. tapestry tapestry I think. It's that's like a, the it's word like a cartoony tapestry <laughs> cartoony two D tapestry art that's exactly what it is yeah. <laughs> I'm very tired. It's like today. ornate, but it's still very cartoonish, which I think is like a fun combination. Yeah, yeah. And two things about this: I like the art style. I think it looks really cool. It's a and it's a neat way. Like I understand as much as I was complaining about how this felt like a like like we've had enough Thor. I also understand that like not everyone, not every child who's watching the show will have necessarily seen the Thor movie. So it's a really easy way to just quickly explain who Thor is. Oh, um, for I'm sure. I'm totally down with that, and it's a really cool, fun way to do it. I I also think it's funny that like they tie this in like uh they have one brief cutaway where peter or sam or somebody was like this sounds familiar oh uh that's right colson was trying to like teach us this on the school bus or something and then they have the cutaway mm-hmm. where like colson is like teaching norse norse mythology to them and they're not paying attention whatever it's 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 it's, its own you know whatever joke my question is like colson shield operative going undercover as the principal, first of all, even if he wasn't a shield operative, why is the principal trying to teach Norse mythology to a class on the school bus on the way to a field trip? (laughs) And also, why is the principal doing it when he is an undercover shield operative? I don't know, because nothing they're doing with Coulson makes that much sense. (laughs) Like, sometimes when they want it to be like wacky shield stuff, it makes sense, but it's still reliant on the fact that he is shield, you know? Because it could have been any teacher. There's no reason. The only reason that it's Coulson was just because they want to have him on this field trip so then he can be there to explicitly tell the S.H.I.E.L.D. team to fight and then also summon Thor and, like, that's it. So. Yeah, and create problems <laughs> for them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I, I thought did, that was funny. What's funny is I did, before they actually do the cutaway to the school bus, I thought they were making, like, just an incredibly timely joke about the fact that they just explained all of this in the Avengers movie. I was like, wow, that is incredibly timely and self-aware. And then they cut to the school bus and I was like, oh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It would have been funny. It would have been funny. Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The other thing that I, when I first saw the tapestry art and I saw like the way that Loki was drawn with like the super kind of classically angular face, Mm -hmm. I was hoping that that meant that this version of Loki would be stylized to be a little more angular or even like, I don't know, look, look more like Tom Hiddleston or something like that. Like yeah. a slender, sl- slender, angular Loki. Um, so I was very disappointed when we actually see Loki's real design. He just looks like a regular dude. It's just like a guy. Hat on. 
I was yeah. very disappointed about that. Yeah, not this show is not pushing the limits on like uh, character design, <laughs> which is weird because they could like there's they they have Absolutely. the budget they would have the budget for it and like their their artistic style I feel like is kind of broad enough that they could encompass many different types of styles and you know the cutaways have different types of artistic styles too so it's weird that like. The character designs are so rigidly standardized. I, I don't yeah. really get that. Yeah, it's way more standard than I would have expected. It's like not. I mean, I guess it's not quite to the degree of like 2017 rigid, um, mm. but it's still like pretty pretty standardized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Disappointing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But we're especially we're about with to, villains, especially with villains, because you can yeah go go buck wild with them. Loki should look like a fucking freak. Like give him a <laughs> tr- weird triangle jaw and make him tall and slender like why does he need to have this buff like cleft chin i don't understand certainly does not (laughs) makes no sense to me at all (laughs) yeah that's not why people started getting horny for loki no no that's not what it was (laughs) yeah Uh, dumb whatever yeah well naturally their first stop is asgard which they find covered in ice and full of frost giants and not only that they are quickly captured like pretty much immediately (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the frost giants take them all to loki uh they are still captured this entire time it's very cute thor the frog is basically like kept in a little green bubble like whatever loki's powers are it's just in like a little (laughs) green bubble and then the shield team is essentially in like a solid ice cage at first, I thought they were just like frozen solid, which felt like but, horrifying. Mm, that's that's I I haven't okay. It's a, I think initially they were like when they're initially yeah. captured. I think they were frozen solid, but like they in are. Loki's throne room, it's like a, an enclosure, right? Which it's a nitpick. Like I understand that they you know obviously needed the characters to be able to do things. I understand why they couldn't just be frozen solid, but I'm still like I feel like you could have found some better way to have them like break out of being frozen solid because it makes no sense. Everyone else in Asgard is fully encased in ice and they were previously fully encased in ice. Why did they un-iceify them or unfreeze them <laughs> only to put them in like a hollow ice cage that, that so they, they can just break. that they can break to for them to just like they're just wandering around walking around they can punch it as much as they want like obviously it's magical ice they didn't expect them to be able to easily break it like regular ice but why would you even take that chance like is yeah. it just i mean and if it was meant to be like you know an ego thing like oh loki cares so little of them he'll let them roam around inside this ice cage like okay fine like maybe make that stated so it doesn't feel kind of like dumb like it's like bond well, villain stuff that I because that's kind of what they rely heavily on to resolve this episode right exactly i guess that's my thing is like i i can get behind like bond villain stuff like why don't you just shoot them i don't know because the story would be boring if you did that yeah. i'm okay with like giving the heroes an out or whatever but like i feel like they there was just plenty of room for them to do something more creative to make it feel less like weird that they were just thrown in an ice cage you know yeah Oh, I, like, I don't think it would. I don't think it would have been that hard to work something else out no. that still would have worked. You know, no, no, it wouldn't have been. It, no, not at all. It wouldn't have been, especially because like the way they get out is sort of, I don't know, like unexpected. So like they could have figured out a way to work a similar angle if they were frozen solid. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. This is also where Loki does like a lot of like villain monologuing where he just like explains everything he's about to do and gives them like all the key points, which is like very classic. I'm not saying that you got to get rid of this yeah, stuff, but, but it's so it's like so egregious that I actually had the thought of like this would have worked actually if you just didn't tell them anything. <laughs> it would have and also this Loki is really boring. I don't understand why this Loki this Loki in this episode I'm, he's not horrendous and he's not performed badly or anything, but like, I don't know. He's Loki. Like you but should boring have, is the worst. Like yeah, either, you like you either want to be like bombastic and fun, or if you're not going to be bombastic and fun, like at least be horrible be like me- and camp <laughs> menacing or something. But like, it's like, he's Loki. So he can't be scary. Like that. That's the, like he can't really be, he can't be scary in the traditional sense. Right. But they also don't let him be funny. Like he doesn't really tell any jokes because I guess the main cast is funny. So they, they have to have the villain be a little more stone faced to contrast it. But that means that they've basically made Loki, the guy who's a trickster whose whole plan was dependent on turning Thor into a frog, which he should be like (laughs) giddy about. He's just like sitting on his throne. Like (laughs) I made a deal with the frost giants and you're all going to pay like, okay boring guy from like the (laughs) 80s like what do you like he just he's like he feels like the most basic version of like a spider-man villain that came out of like amazing friends or the 81 show when the villains were at like and like not even like a good villain like one of the worst villains where it's like (laughs) it's not that they're like it's not that it's horrendous to watch it's just what makes loki different from any other costumed bad guy with a plot for world domination like it's just and how did you do this with Loki? Like, it's, I don't understand. Like, it's, it's built not, in. It's and something. you had such a great version of him, like, in the movies that, yeah. like, that you can draw from. It's not like every version you've seen to this point has been boring. Like, the most recent mainstream version was not boring. They've drawn so <laughs> much shit from the Marvel movies that annoy me. Like, this would have been the kind of thing where it's sort of like, if you just, like, aped Tom Hiddleston's performance, I would have been mad because it would have made this episode more fun. But yeah. it's like, they that's the thing that that's the thing they chose to not <laughs> to not riff on at all. Of all they things. Strip, of, strip Loki of all charisma whatsoever. He's just... An evil guy. That's it. Yeah, he's not known for being charismatic at all. <laughs> no, like what? It's not a what, core that, characteristic. It, yeah, it's so frustrating. It's, it's silly. Like, the most the most fun thing about this episode is Thor being a frog because he's very cute and he'll like sometimes eat a fly and be surprised at it because he doesn't know what he's doing and he ribbits and he bites Spider Man's finger and it's funny. Like that stuff is cute. It's all cute. Like, but. You can't like f- that can't be your whole foundation of an episode is Thor frog is kind of cute and funny right. sometimes like you yeah. need a little bit more than that. And they could have easily had it if if Loki is making fun of Thor the entire time as a frog like that would have been great. It's like humili- like like they try to play it up that Thor is humiliated by this. But like, I'm sorry, I don't feel it like. I, right. I, it just doesn't Why work. Loki like gloating. Right. Not like at, at all. all. <laughs> it's really weird. It's such a weird misstep. Yeah, it's, I don't know, taking all the personality out of Loki is like a pretty grave, grave yeah. sin, I would argue. I think, I, you know, and it didn't, I, I, I wasn't feeling it when I was watching it, but after we sort of talked about how this episode was like, just fine, you kind of forget about it. Like, that's why it's so forgettable. It's because the the villain is kind of a nothing villain, but then it's fucking Loki, so it's a, ridiculous that, that that happened. Yeah, the worst crime you can commit in entertainment is being forgettable and boring. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, that's why I said this is like 
what I expect from Thor content before I cared or appreciated Thor. Right. Like it, it for sure. Even even if even if I was wrong about that and it existed, this is like what I thought Thor was, except it's actually being it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually making me a little madder about this episode. Like I was going into it, like the episode was fine. And I'm kind of getting a little actively mad at it, actually. <laughs> I, I, I'm mad at it from the perspective of, like, it just is such a waste of potential. Yeah. But I do think, like, just as a story, it's, like, arguably it's f- fine. fine. It's you know? fine. Yeah, as a story, it's fine. It's just, I don't know. What a, what a weird whiff. I don't get it at all. It's very, very confusing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> So they're in the cage, right? And we're, yeah, yeah, this Loki has all his exposition or whatever. Um, I don't know. Who cares? Made a pact with the Frost Giants. Odin's asleep. There you go. He's taking over Asgard. Yeah. While he's monologuing, <laughs> Iron Fist studies their ice enclosure, discovers this weak point that he and Luke Cage are able to exploit to break the team out. So they break them, break themselves out of this ice cage. Um, they work together. They take on some of the Frost Giants. They even free Thor. Things seem to be going okay, but their success is like ultimately undone just because the Frost Giants are just that powerful. They're very strong. And the team just can't handle it. So Spider-Man orders a tactical retreat to regroup and come up with an actual plan that isn't just, you know, running in and punching things. Yeah. Um, which Thor is very like, no, I'm Thor. I'll never retreat. I have a big ego and that's my entire personality. And Spider-Man's like, dude, we got to do it. You got to listen. I know you think we're dumb teenage younglings or whatever, but you got to listen to me. So yeah, they, uh, they head I on do out. think they kind of miss an opportunity from like long-term storytelling to allow like spider like i know early in the episode spider-man's talking about being the leader of the of the group or whatever i still think they miss an opportunity to have ava still be the plan oriented one and then have spider-man like support her instead of argue with her because a couple episodes ago we had them like arguing over that like that would be a nice long-term sort of payout like payoff for their relationship building type thing but yeah, whatever. There's just not a lot of character continuity in this show yet. Right, so I, that's why it's like hard yeah. to hold it deeply against them because I don't think that's what they're focusing on. But no. it stood out to me as like, you know, a few weeks ago we talked about an episode where Spider-Man was very much like, we don't need a plan, we can just run and jump in. Mm-hmm. And in this, he's like arguing against Thor doing just that. Yeah. But he learned that from Ava, you know. <laughs> uh huh. I agree. It would have been it would have been nicer, but yeah. they just aren't really paying attention to that. Yeah, stuff, it's like I the think. Mary Jane detail we talked about last week, a couple weeks ago. Week before. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like it would have been nice if they did it, but I guess at this point I'm not surprised they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> well, they do agree that the very first step in their plan needs to be breaking the enchantment that keeps Thor a frog because the frost giants are so strong. I thought it was cool that they like they made it seem like they figured everything out, but then they just got overpowered by the frost giant. So I actually mm-hmm. like that. It, it created kind of like an interesting structure to the episode. Yeah. Um, and then it gives us this where it's like, no, actually we do need Thor to be Thor. Like we yeah. can help, but we can't do it alone. He can't do yeah. it alone. We can't do it alone. Like we got to figure out how to get everybody back, back up to, up to speed. Um, Nova suggests Ava kiss Thor because he's an idiot. Uh, instead, Thor brings the group to Eitri, Master <laughs> Forger, and Nova makes a joke about the Wizard of Oz and Sleeping Beauty and Dwarves because, again, he's an idiot. Um, yeah. I, I I don't mind the Ava kiss the frog 
prince joke <laughs> even you know obviously there's a little bit of like the that like failed sexism in it and everything but <laughs> i i like that ava is immediately just like no dude you kiss him like she's not even processing like oh, why yeah, yeah, yeah. why he was making that suggestion of like a classic fairy tale thing she's just like why are you making me kiss the frog you kiss the frog if somebody's got to kiss the frog like it's not yeah. even not even a factor that she's a woman in that situation i, I like that aspect <laughs> of it yeah i just uh it, it, Nova doesn't do that much in he this sucks. episode other than be annoying. So Nova doesn't do that much in the show Ultimate Spider-Man other than be annoying. So, so you know. far. I'm still not con- it can't stay that way. It can't. I don't know, right? man. It can't. I don't know. I'm I don't I don't have a lot of high hopes, honestly. I don't know I why think I Nova's feel that Nova's like way. a potentially just... cool character. I don't know that much about Nova, but it seems like he is, so I don't know. I mean, I think he is a character with cool powers. I don't feel mm. like I, I have not seen anything characterization wise that makes me feel like I will ever like him in the way that the show is structured. I can see him being a character that gets interesting in a show that like has long-term characterization and lets a character grow. Mm. Um, like I could see him being like a flash Thompson type, right? Yeah. That, like you see expo- you know, more and more complexities to him and everything. The show has not done that with him yet, and it hasn't really shown it to really do it with anybody outside of maybe Harry. And even then, I feel like we're only we're only seeing development with Harry because there are like every Venom episode is a Harry centric episode. So we're seeing like like these very specific incremental stories, you know, that show that. And like, but all, with all, honestly, all the supporting characters that don't have like their own separate storylines, like they're just kind of <laughs> not changing at all. Yeah, I just want to have hope, you know. I, that's nice. That's nice for you. I I would <laughs> like to have hope. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I'm so down on this. I think this episode has. Uh, I, I think I out. I think I like this episode less and less. I like this episode less than I thought I did, and I'm kind of liking it less and less the more I talk about it. Um, no, I think that's totally fair. I think that yeah. is that is uh, appropriate for this episode. I think it's underwhelming, and any episode that's like that, the more you talk about it, the more you think about it, the more you're just going to find like less to be excited about, typically, yeah. you know? Especially because the episode after this is really fun, so... Yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just get to that one. Yeah, let's <laughs> so, talk about E-Tree. Yeah! This, this, this is this, this the same dwarf that... Um, was an Endgame? Is that the same character? I don't know. That is or a at least great question. Actually, maybe a, if if not, obviously part of the 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 Asgardian dwarves in general. Like it's meant to be the same type of character, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, in in Endgame, that's uh oh yeah, it is actually okay. Okay, cool. I was gonna say in cool. Endgame, you know, that's who makes his. Uh, hammer like his old hammer and his new one yeah and that's who he is presented as in this as well cool nice i like that yeah i i'm just curious <laughs> yeah i like peter dinklage more than i like this guy but this guy's fine <laughs> it's fine yeah he's again pretty forgettable but he's fine <laughs> yeah he's fine he has feelings i appreciate that mm-hmm. yeah 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 um, so Thor begins to make his request, make his request of, uh, how do you pronounce it? Is it E-Tree? I-Tree? I think it's E-Tree. E-Tree? Okay. If I'm remembering right. <laughs> I, he says it in the episode and I just don't I remember. I do not know Norse mythology at no, all. Me either. At I know the, uh, the, the, the first God of War game of the PlayStation 4 era. <laughs> you know more than I do. <laughs> uh-huh, that's about it. And even that, I don't remember anybody's names from it. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> cool. Anyway, uh, Thor begins to make his, make his request of Itri, but Itri cuts him off because he's claiming like Thor and also probably everyone else only spends time to talk with Itri when they want something. You only talk to me when you want something. You never say thank you, even when it makes you the most powerful weapon in all the nine worlds. Um, <laughs> I do like that detail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a it's a fun. That's that's a, that it is that actually an element of this episode that I like. Like that's something I kind of wish they explored more. Like the uh, the sort of like asgardian norse mythology characters <laughs> but on this sort of ground ground level like more human level like oh, we're doing this magical stuff and like you don't care about my feelings like yeah. i think that that could be really fun if they played it that way um but this is really the only instance of of that in this episode yeah um, i only made you the coolest weapon ever but whatever <laughs> right it's so fun because it's like relatable but also funny because obviously the stakes are so high and these are extremely powerful characters so it's funny when they have like kind of petty arguments but yeah. also it's sort of like but also i get it like yeah. i've had arguments like that before so i understand oh, yeah. where you're coming from oh yeah <laughs> you're only you're saying that because i'm mad <laughs> yeah you only came because you want something mm-hmm <laughs> Um, but you know, th- this is part of Thor's apology tour essentially and learning to be humble, uh, and, and learn humility and, all- and whatnot. So Thor apologizes and each agrees to help. Yes. Very, very easy. No yeah. problem. No problems. <laughs> well, shortly after Thor returns to the throne room where Loki has nearly broken through to Odin's chamber and then poofs the team in behind him and what's different is each one of them is now carrying a weapon seemingly crafted by Eitri. so that's an interesting development luckily as each team member begins to use their weapons we do get flashbacks to explain them what do you think of the structure of like throwing us in and then having flashbacks to explain it explain it i don't have anything inherently against it i just don't know if it necessarily needed to happen in this episode Like I I was a little confused at first. I think if they had done it better, I could get more behind it. I think the flashbacks, well, okay. There's two things I'm probably conflating here, the structure and the actual content that they plug into that structure. Yeah. Cause the structure I think is, is neat and creative and can be utilized really well. I think the content they plug into the structure, uh, doesn't justify using the structure. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think that the structure would have worked better if they'd given you just a tiny bit more information before bringing you into the present to then flashback, I think like one more comment from E tree or something that yeah, kind of implied it, where things might go. I think that honestly, I think he should have actually given them the weapons or showed them the weapons. And then you go in with the weapons and that's sort of like, so then you're sort of the, then you don't as an audience member, are continuing on not thinking you've missed anything. It's sort of like Itri made them cool weapons. Okay, there's not much to that. I wish there would be a little more, but all right, fine. And then they, you know, go in their weapons. And then as they're fighting one by one, then you get the flashback that's explaining, you know, like they do in the episode, explaining yeah. like what those weapons mean to them. I can as dig that. Yeah. As it stands, you kind of miss the whole miss the whole part of them getting the weapons until later. So it almost takes you out of the episode when they show up with these weapons and start using them. They're like, what the fuck just happened? What did I miss? <laughs> I was kind of confused. Yeah, it makes you a little confused, and then you kind of have to play catch-up as they do the flashbacks, whereas I think... I like the idea, like you're saying, I like the structure of it in that you get to see them attacking as you get this voiceover from the flashback of describing what they're doing in their attack that makes it so special and different and why that weapon works for them. I like that idea of it, but I, yeah, I think, I think you're so confused and having to catch up when you get there that it ends up feeling like information overload unnecessarily when, when if they'd at least just given them the weapons and then, and, and brought them back 
before, you know, before doing all the flashback stuff, I think you would have at least felt like you had all the information you needed and everything else is just sort of supplemental and helping explain it a little more. I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. Cause I do like, I do like the unconventional structure or the idea of an unconventional structure. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think that, I think the way you laid it out makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, we might have a conversation about what their actual weapons mean too, because it's sort of interesting because basically the way these weapons work is that, uh, each member of the team has to turn their shortfall into a strength, which is kind of like a classic, uh, is it a classic thing? I feel like it's a classic, like either mythology or like superhero superpower kind of thing. Like look to the power within yourself and like, you know, recognize your flaw and then turn that flaw into an advantage or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like yeah. that idea makes sense. I think that's explored a lot across all kinds of all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. Because sometimes so, it's just like overcoming your flaw and the way you do that is by complimenting it. Sometimes it's like, you know, turning a, a perceived weakness into a superpower. Like, yeah, I think it makes sense. Yeah. I don't know that all of their explanations make sense. Yeah. But the I think idea that's what makes sense. Do you want to go through these one by one <laughs> then, I guess? I would love to. <laughs> okay. Because it starts strong. It's. I think it starts strong. Uh, I, they they kind of take a dig here at Tiger, but, uh, mm, but it makes that's kind of the point. Like, I think that was initially the idea is like, I'm going to like, E-Tree is not sugarcoating anything. He's going to call you out. Right. So like, well, yeah. And these are the kind of character characterization things that I kind of want more of from this show that I think will could potentially endear the shield characters more to you is if you sort of like get if you get more identifiable flaws and makes and the show is sort of like clarifying like, yes, this is meant to be a flaw in them that you don't agree with that they are supposed to be trying to get over over the course of the show. Like, I like that idea of it a lot and them calling it out. Yeah, it's a great opportunity to like really directly point out some character opportunities for sure Mm -hmm. um tiger gets a bow that itri says draws on her ability to see flaws in others yet requires absolute concentration to fire this to me i think is the best one he does right off the top he really Mm -hmm. nails it in one um because that makes a lot of sense to me right she has been portrayed as somebody who is uh, very capable and knows exactly how she wants to do things and they have thrown in moments uh, not subtle ones of her criticizing her teammates for not doing things right. Uh, whether she's right or wrong, she does that, right? Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes she has proven to be overcritical. Sometimes she's proven to be right. But it is not a stretch to say that White Tiger is critical of other folks. So this idea that she has to completely focus and like take her attention off other people, basically like worry about her own business. Like when you tell a kid, like worry about your own business. Don't worry about what they're yeah. doing over there. Like, yeah. that's what her weapon is. I think that's a great one. Yeah. I know. It makes perfect sense. It's actually kind of like a good lesson sometimes. It's yeah. sort of like, stop trying to think of what everyone else is doing and focus on you right yeah. now. Absolutely. It's yeah, a great one. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Start strong. Mm-hmm. The next one is Nova, who gets a yeah. halberd that requires patience. The halberd requires patience and restraint to balance properly. Focus. Yeah, which I mean, I think for some a character whose whole shtick is kind of being a rash hothead, mm-hmm. I think that makes sense. He has patience yeah. and he needs to not just like go wild with it and has to restrain himself. It's pretty simple, but I think it makes sense. Yeah, I think it's perfect for his type of character. I think uh, nailed tigers and got his uh, good. Novas is good. Yeah. Next one. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I kind of get it, but I don't get it. <laughs> Iron Fist receives basically the opposite. A sword that has no margin for error 
meaning that he must make opportunities instead of waiting for them. Um, Am I misunderstanding this? A sword that has no margin for error, meaning he has to make opportunities instead of waiting for them. Because Iron Fist's whole thing is, and they they referenced this earlier, like Iron Fist is being patient. They're like waiting, like, what are you waiting for? Like, isn't the reason he waits for opportunities because he's waiting for the opportunity that has no chance for error? I think it's more like... Like, I get the idea. They're saying that he's too restrained and he needs to sometimes like make the opportunity instead of wait for the opportunity. But the margin of error phrasing is really strange to me. I think it's the no margin of error thing means that I think I'm thinking of it. Like if you are playing a video game and you know, the thing where it's sort of like there's a box in the middle of the screen and then there's like a bigger box that's outside of it sort of shrinking into that box and you have to hit the button as soon as the two boxes align. I think it's like that where it's sort of like you can't you can't wait until the last possible second because then you're going to miss it. You have to always hit things precisely when it is, which means that you can't you can't be you can't think like you can't be overthinking or waiting or being overly patient. Just being like, well, let me see if something else happens or like, let me wait just to the last possible second. Like, no, if you see an opportunity, you got to fucking do it now, because if you don't do it right now, that it's not going to work. I think that's what it's trying to go for. And I agree that that's a good lesson for Iron Fist. I just I just wonder if there was a better way to explain it or like it describe is a confusing it, you know? way it's it's a really weirdly heady way to describe it because then um, they show iron fist just like kind of swinging wildly yeah i mean <laughs> i think really all it boils down to is that it's like it's the opposite of what iron fist does he's normally very patient and it's sort of yeah. like no go hog wild man <laughs> yeah nova does Which what iron fist do- it's basically nova does what iron fist does and iron fist does what nova does essentially like yeah that's pretty much what it is here yeah um, yeah, I wish I wish I, maybe I wish the lesson was more like uh, was less that like patience is bad, but like you you can loosen up, buddy. I think that's what it is. Or I mean, this like they maybe that's what they were to, going for. They might have had to set it up better, but I think more like you can't just wait for things to happen in general. Yeah. Like you have to sometimes you just have to take action right then. For and sure. There. And I that's that's a great lesson for Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one. I guess I get, but I don't care that much. Luke Cage gets a battle axe, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and Itri insists that he use it to attack because it's made for attacking instead of doing what he defaults to, which is defending. I think it's a cool idea if you had ever seen Luke Cage operate like that in the entire show. He has never seemed like a character to me that only does defense or at least that that's never seemed like a characterization or character right. point from that's ever stuck out. Maybe if you watch back through all the episodes, you'll notice, mm-hmm. Oh, he seems to always be shielding characters or, or blocking things rather but than I, punching. But I don't I think, can that think that's of the case. several times when he punches though. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> I don't, I think that they, I think that he they punched earlier really in this episode very hard. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's a great idea if they wanted to make that his characterization. Sure. Cause then he's like the gentle giant who's like afraid of his own strength. Yeah, I think they could great. have made him the pacifist rather than Iron Fist, and I think it would have been really interesting. Yeah, um, or maybe sure. like two, just two different kinds of Iron Fists. I don't uh, pacifists. I don't know. Um, yeah. but like as it stands, yeah, it, it's it's a good idea, but that's not the character that they've had on screen. Part of the problem, I think, is because they just haven't really done a whole lot with Luke Cage. Like, I like mm-hmm. what we've seen of him, but he hasn't really given been given much depth. So, like, there's not much that they can really mine from him yep so this is like the first we're learning of what apparently is a character flaw that has never been displayed on screen for him at all yeah yeah for sure 
And then we get Spider-Man, and Spider-Man gets nothing. None for Spider-Man wieners, none for Gretchen wieners, because Itri <laughs> says he's had the power inside him all along and that he must fully accept his charge as leader. And then he'll give us another piece of advice, but we don't get it just yet. I thought this was so strange because several times in this very episode, and I don't think exclusive to this episode, Spider-Man has claimed he is the leader and has yeah. trouble not like stepping into that role, but trouble because his team won't listen to him and doesn't respect his leadership. Yeah, I don't know that he hasn't accepted his role so much as he has not like either proven that he deserves their respect or like there, there's certainly yeah. a leadership lesson to be had there if your entire team doesn't listen to you or respect you. But I don't know that it is that Spider-Man doesn't step into his role as leader. Did you have the same reaction to this? Yeah. Oh, I did. I think okay. that I, I, I feel like the generous explanation is that internally, like like the reason that externally people don't accept him as a leader is because internally he doesn't fully believe it. And so people kind of accept that and don't I wish like, we would see that. Right. But I, I think that's me being so overly generous and reading between too many lines. <laughs> and also like, this is, you know, this is a show for little kids. Most of their lessons are pretty spelled out. I think that is a little bit too much subtext for that to be the case. So I think it really amounts to more like not really knowing what lesson to give him and kind of being inconsistent about his leadership role, because sometimes he's very reluctant about being a leader. Sometimes he is the leader and tells everyone he's the leader. Sometimes uh, he's, he's, he's like good at it. People don't accept him. Other times he's really, really bad at it and has to just like figure it out. Like I, I don't feel like they've been very consistent with Spider-Man in his team role throughout this whole show, honestly. And I think that, like the Luke Cage thing, it's just sort of a product of not really knowing exactly what they want to nail down here. So they go with the most broad general, you've got to believe in yourself kind of messaging for him. And that's the best that they're really able to do. And then I feel like they try to make it better by poking fun at it, but it doesn't make it better. No, it doesn't make it better. It's that that's yeah, that's, that's kind of like the, <laughs> the laziest version of the fourth wall breaking type stuff when it's just sort of like, I don't know how to write myself out of it. So we're just going to make fun of how bad the writing is. And it's like, I mean, you can do that sometimes, but a lot of times then it's just the bad writing. Like right. no matter how much you joke about it, you can be self deprecating all you want, but like you still should have done better than like, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Not, not their, not their finest moment with the fourth wall break. No. <laughs> not their best moment for a lot in this episode honestly. yeah so <laughs> this leads directly into the group then taking down the frost giants under spider-man's leadership specifically and with their new weapons so we do see him leading them i this is to my point i think where like they just now listen to him like there's no he hasn't done anything to prove to them that he is worth listening to but they just now listen to him um despite defeating the frost giants though loki does charge forward into odin's chamber so spider-man tries to intercept him and then very quickly realizes like i probably alone as spider-man cannot take down a god um and so he thinks back to Tree's second gift for him and we flash back again and i actually think this makes less sense than maybe the first one uh in concept it should make sense but their execution of it is so off i think Etri tells spider-man that he uses his words as a protective armor which i could buy into if yeah. you had set it up a particular way but instead he must wield them as a weapon don't love that phrasing especially in a show aimed at kids oh um yeah i think mm -hmm. they could have instead 
made this, you use your words as a protective armor. Instead, allow your wit to shine through through your words. Like, use your wit and your mm. whatnot. Like, use your brain. That's coming from your brain, buddy. You yeah. don't need to use it protectively. You can use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, basically, he just sort of like... I mean, I guess he starts by making fun of Loki, and then he does get witty. But I just thought this... I thought this was so messy for for a kid's property. <laughs> yeah. Oh, especially cuz like I do really like the idea of Spider-Man beats well, if Loki was presented was like presented well in the first place, it would be cool to have Spider-Man beats the Master of Wits with Spider-Man's wits. Like I like that idea, and especially like yeah. Spider-Man talks a lot, makes jokes constantly, is able to sort of turn that against the villain by you know, appealing to his weak, appealing to his weakness, essentially by saying stuff that, that tricks him or whatever, trick the trickster. Like that's kind of a classic thing, right? Like, I think that could be a really fun thing that they do. Sure. I think if you're going to pit Spider-Man against Loki, that seems pretty perfect actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it, I feel like they don't stress that what he's doing is using his brains. Yeah. E says, use your words as a weapon. <laughs> and I feel like it's, they don't the, really, the, yeah, like, the wording is the problem. Like you said yeah. earlier, like there's a little bit too much, that you have to figure out to draw the connection that a lot of kids aren't going to. I don't usually care that much about like the messaging for kids in these shows, but I also feel like they don't frequently like step in this particular direction in like a weird way like that, mm-hmm. you know, and there's, I mean, this is an episode where they're spelling a lot of stuff out and explicitly t- telling you lessons about things. Yeah. Like, that's such so a good point. Usual. Yeah. If you're going to directly do it, yeah, people saying, like, this is what you should do to be a better person and then tell you what it is. <laughs> like, you kind of have to nail it if you're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I also, God, I think this episode might be, th- th- this isn't this isn't a knock on the S.H.I.E.L.D. team themselves, but I think that this episode might be might have been better if they weren't in it. Because I think a problem with this episode is that there's kind of, like, too much stuff that they're kind of shoving in with these characters that, and they just throwing out all of these like little lessons and stuff that each of them had to have. When I think it was, if it was like Spider-Man just getting caught up in a, in, in the store story and being stuck in Asgard and kind of out of, out of his element while dealing with like these weird gods and Loki being a freak. And then eventually <laughs> getting advice to use his wits to get himself out of it when he doesn't have his strength and having an ending similar to this where he uses his wits against Loki and tricks the trickster. That could be a really fun Spider-Man story and a really justifiable uh, a ju- like a very like a justified crossover yeah. between Spider-Man and Thor. But I think because they have to have the whole shield team in it as well, there's like everybody kind of has to have a moment to shine and everybody has to have their little lesson that they learn and everything, which in a, I, in a vacuum, I don't mind that idea, but I don't think it really works super well this episode. I think I agree with you that you could make a much cleaner, like streamlined episode if you cut out the team, but I don't necessarily want to like let them off the hook. Cause I think you could not that you are, but like, mm-hmm. I think that you could work this with the team. I just don't think that they, established these things they're trying to address i mean we're like more than halfway through the episode by the time this stuff is happening they had plenty of time to establish even within the one episode we're not even talking like long-term character development or personality traits like each one of those four team members only needed one moment in the multiple times they were working together as a team to specifically mess up in the way that e-tree 
addresses them. So I think they could have pulled it off with a team. I think it would have been cleaner without them, but I think they could have pulled it off with a team just fine. Yeah, and actually the more I think about it, I, I feel like I, I can I figure out what the vibes that I was going for that I was trying to that I was picking up on with like the the lessons learning and you're like, you know, inverting your flaws things for the you know the weapons that are sort of coming from you inverting your flaws. Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking super sentai thing. It's yeah. like you use your, the, the yeah. like who you are as a person and grow as a person. And then, and then your weapons sort of respond to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like in, in zoo ranger, the, they get their magical weapons because they have to like prove themselves Isn't... to the sentient weapons to get it. It's very much that. And there should be something so fucking cool about them learning life lessons and then, then storming like the castle with fucking magical weapons. It's, should be so cool to see all of that on it's, this show it's not weapons in this case but like isn't it also kind of digimon sort of like recognizing oh that yeah something that you identify as your weakness is actually your strength yeah like the all the crests in, yeah. in digimon adventure are very much that like a lot yeah. of times it's sort of like why do i have the crest of friendship, friendship crest. or love I when people. i I'm yeah the yeah one. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's sort of like you learn, like, no, actually, I I am the best friend of people, or I have so much love for people. That's why it's love. Like, yeah, they definitely play with that in Digimon too. Like, it's actually, I guess, it, maybe it's like a, just like kind of a Japanese storytelling thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so there's so much room for them to play in that, and I love that idea in it. But I think there's not really enough time given to that, and like you said, they don't really set it up enough with the characters, and because they aren't really doing a lot of serialized stuff with this show, it's not like you can really pull that much from previous episodes, and even if you were to look at previous episodes, most of that stuff doesn't really as clearly set up everything for the characters to learn these lessons in this episode. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I think there's, there's a really good episode somewhere buried in this that could be really so. fun. And again, it will be just such a fucking cool visual to have Thor frog teaming up with these superheroes with a bunch of like mystical old ancient weapons. Mm -hmm. That's such a fucking cool idea. (laughs) And I wish it was cooler. Like it is cool in a vacuum in this episode too. Like the animation looks good and everything. All the action's great because action on this show is always good. But like by that point in the episode, you're so buried in like all this exposition and weird lines and in delivery and stuff like that, that it's like, I don't know. It doesn't feel as, it doesn't have as much oomph as it could have. I think this is, this is of a type of episode that this series um, is producing more than once. You know, like we have the sort of like weird bottle episodes that you and I love. We have the sort of like um, very obvious, like not bad, but very obviously like, here's what the producers want to make sure that we're getting in our Spider-Man series. And then I feel like you have these, which is like, there's a good, there's a gem in here somewhere, but like, maybe it just wasn't a story that was inspiring anybody who was writing on it. I don't know. (laughs) I could definitely see, you know, a Marvel executive being like, gotta have Thor. You had an Iron Man episode. Now you gotta have a Thor and you had a Hulk episode. Now you gotta have a Thor episode. We have to, he's one of the, one of the Avengers, one of the main Avengers in our movie, the Avengers that has just come out in theaters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. There's, there's, yeah, like you said, there's a good idea in here. It just, there's too much, there's too much stuff that's not servicing that idea at all. Yeah. So the way that Spider-Man tricks Loki is by basically saying like, what, you're going to defeat a frog version of Thor and think that anybody is going to respect you for that? You think you're going to rule <laughs> all of Asgard because you beat a frog? Um, <laughs> and I do like the idea of outwitting a witty guy, out-tricking a trickster. Um, there's not that much time left in the episode, though, so this is all it takes. It works. Yeah. And he, Loki... Uh, unfrogifies Thor and then Thor immediately uh, smashes the amulet and strikes down Loki. 
Uh, and when this happens, the Frost Giants just run away, and so does Loki. <laughs> uh-huh. But but not before he does a very Doom-like thing and tells Spider-Man to watch his back. So I wonder, are we going to get like almost like a super-duper Sinister Six of like these hmm. like extremely powerful villains like Doom and Loki, and I don't know who else would fit into that at this point, but... That'd be fun. It's notable that two extremely powerful villains have now said this to spider-man yeah that could be a fun idea yeah Yeah. i'd be here for that (laughs) we'll see we'll see well thor brings everyone back to the museum sands their new weapons and they're like the dwarves will keep them safe in case you need them in a future episode for another Mm. thor crossover maybe i don't know do you think we'll see those weapons those weapons again derek i don't thinks i don't feel like we will because they're so specific like you know the spider you know the iron man spider armor or uh, iron spider armor i you know we definitely will like these are so specific to asgard i don't know but i i i I don't i i kind of doubt it but i could also see a, a possibility of seeing a future Thor episode where they go back to Asgard and they use them again i don't think it's going to be a case where they ever use them again outside of another heavily thor centric episode though yeah i'm i don't know where to land but i'm, I'm kind of skeptical I'm yeah there's also 100 episodes left of this show so you know so true <laughs> <laughs> maybe the chances just went up <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah so you know they don't have the weapons anymore the episode ends with thor presenting the team with a great asgardian reward for their valiant efforts a two-headed goat wow um, and Spider-Man's actually very excited about it. He's like, hell yeah, yeah it's mine. And that was so weird. <laughs> it's very weird because he's established not the having bad experiences with the goats at the top of the episode. And then he's like super excited. But then they still circle back to the to the beginning because the goat bites his hand again, just like goats always did when he was a kid. So I don't know. I guess he just I guess he likes goats in spite of them always doing trauma to him. Maybe. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> maybe that's know. why he felt so betrayed. He was really getting now, along with that goat, you know? Better than the weapons question. Do you think this two-headed goat's going to make another appearance, Doug? Zero chance. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I be wouldn't be surprised funny. if we saw it in a cutaway. I think I could. I think I would see it. So maybe better chance, actually. <laughs> I can see it in a cutaway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think we would get a Doombot like one week later, but we did. Yeah. And we sure. got we got a uh, Dragon Man. Dragon Man a couple weeks before. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to say better chance that we see the two-headed goat again than we do see the weapons again. That is so funny. That is so funny. It's just That's so where weird. I'm landing. It's just so weird. I, love it. I like, I, I want to call out in our in our Discord, somebody who's been following along with us who's seen all of Ultimate called out like, it's very fun watch, like listening to you watch this show and make predictions because I know which ones come true or not. And so now every time I predict something, I have them in the back of my mind being like, they know if the goat comes back. <laughs> <laughs> they know if these weapons will appear. <laughs> that Sinister Six, foolish idea, Doug. <laughs> Although it could also just be like, like, why would anyone think the two-headed goat would come back? I don't even remember. I don't remember there being a two-headed what goat. Two-headed it's just a small goat. detail. What, what two-headed goat are you talking about? The thing that appeared at the end of an episode, the end of a forgettable episode for two seconds. Why would you think, why would you think anyone even remembers that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh, beautiful 
<laughs> speaking of speaking of goats, mm-hmm. uh, face of the episode that I pulled, I'm sure there are good ones. There there are some good like Thor frog faces and stuff, yeah. Yeah. but nothing really beats the goat man in Peter's cutaway. Yeah, and none bas- of them are really featured the same way. No, and there's something so distinct and kind of horrifying against against about the peter goat man in this kind of way because it's like i feel like there's a million different ways you could do like a goat human hybrid or like an anthropomorphic goat or what have you but they choose like the most grotesque way possible because like it's just peter but he's sort of like drawn as as is always in the cutaways like kind of more stylized so he's like kind of very stretchy and like way more lanky and skinnier and has like a longer face but then he just has like the ears and like hair and horns of a goat, the the soul patch of a goat, which I think is a funny detail. Yeah, um, and he's just like uh, bleeding in the air. The way his ha- his hands are like into fist in the shape of as if they were hooves, but yeah. then his feet his feet are hooves, and they're the fuck. What is it called? What is that? St- what is that leg called? Like the I sort of werewolf. I have no idea. I know the I can name. Never remember. I know. I know the name, and I've seen artists talk about it so many times. Uh, that's but exactly that's- why I'm mad. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen that word so many times. It's the type of leg where it's sort of like under the knee, it bends backwards again a second time. Like if you ever yeah, see like where like werewolves, it's that same type of leg or like Garrus Vicarian. Yeah, because it's actually a long foot. It's like a cat. Yeah. Like it's actually just a long foot, you know? Right. He has that. He has that that. Whatever that leg is called that we neither of us can remember the name yeah. of. Um, he has that. And it's just all it's all like very grotesque. And, and a little little tiny goat tail. It's all just like it's very <laughs> grotesque. In a, in a funny body's way. body's so long. It's so long, yeah. It's upsetting. Yep. Nightmare is very I'm upsetting. I'm upset. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, we've made it very clear this episode was um, uh, adequate to underwhelming to potentially uh, explicitly disappointing. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would settle on underwhelming because even though I mean, it's disappointing because it's underwhelming, but I would say it's not worse than underwhelming because there is cool stuff like in a vacuum in this episode. Like if you just watch this episode singularly without any other context for the show, there are cool visuals, you know, frog Thor is super cute and they, they do some fun things with them. Like I like, I love his design and everything. So that's just fun to see. It's fun to see the heroes with cool weapons fighting frost giants. Like there's cool stuff. It's just, all the connector tissue isn't very good, and there's a lot. I feel like a lot of problems of this show are present in this episode. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah. The problems that this show has all kind of manifest here. Yeah, unfortunately. Which, yeah. you know what? If if a lot of your problems, if not all of them, manifest in an episode that's like not a total dumpster fire, that's pretty good. That's pretty <laughs> like, good. I think that's actually. We've, we've watched dumpster fires. Yeah, and this is definitely not one of them. This is a watchable episode. It's just like also not a very good episode. Yeah, so, watch it you know. and just don't think about it much. You know? Yeah, exactly. You will yeah. forget it in thirty minutes anyway, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, so true, bestie. So true. Uh, <laughs> so true. Um, so, uh, we we're shouting some truths. On our Patreon at patreon.com slash snappers. <laughs> so if you want to stay so true with us, you can uh, subscribe to us there for as little as a dollar. Yeah. Also, we mentioned it before, but check out our Discord. It has been popping recently because, uh, you know, Spider-Verse and all that stuff has come out. That's definitely brought some people in and generated conversation, and I'm sure that will keep going. So link Hell to our yeah. Discord is in our show notes if you want to chat with us and other listeners. 
Otherwise, where can we find you and everything you're working on, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on a podcast called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast. Um, and we've got uh, four more episodes coming up before we put it to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> also, put it to sleep. Oh, my God. Put it to bed. Put it to rest. I don't know what, what put way it to, to put bed. That. Yes, put, put it, it to bed. bed is That's so what I was going better. for. That doesn't imply Send death, it to so. pasture. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Take it out back. <laughs> Um, and then if you like books and video games, uh, you can check me out on Novel Gaming, a podcast I do with my friend Katie that is going nowhere, baby. <laughs> going strong. <laughs> what about um, you, Derek? <laughs> when you said going nowhere, I'm like, wow, harsh. We no, I mean, it's like not leaving. Nowhere. Not leaving, yeah. <laughs> Good yeah, Lord. I, I figured that out afterwards, but. Wow. I just, I fucked metaphors. up the plug so hard. Just, I went off script and I ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Never go off script. Yeah. What about you? <laughs> Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast Gimmicks, which looks at the high concept, experimental, structure breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode. Of course, you find it anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at Gimmicks Pod. That's what it's like when you don't leave the script. Hell yeah. Uh, check, you can also check out, of course, our monthly podcast that uh, we have done, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where Doug and I watched every Pixar film chronologically. All those episodes are out now, and you can get that anywhere you get your podcasts under the Falling with Style feed. Or you can look it up on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com, where there's a full archive of all of our episodes that we have done you can also follow Walloping Web Snappers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod or email us at Walloping Web Snappers Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on all the platforms and apps that you use. And next week, I'm really excited for this one because it is a much better episode than this one is. Yeah. Because Spidey switches bodies with Wolverine in the episode Freaky. Yeah. yeah. See you then. See ya. Bub. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. <laughs>